Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the HIV podcast. Each week, we focus on a person, historical event, or pop culture moment linked to HIV and explore the story of what actually happened. I'm Sarah. And I'm Jess. And between us, we've been working in the field of HIV for 40 years. Our aim is to get as many people as possible HIV educated. Just so you don't have to ask, we're recording. (laughs) Right. Edit that out. Welcome to the HIV podcast. Thank you. Are you just welcoming me? No. No, I'm not welcoming you at all. I'm welcoming everyone else. I've got you on the different side of my screen this week, and it's quite, I keep looking the wrong way. Can't you make me the whole screen? No, I don't want you on my whole screen. That's too much. Your massive face is my whole screen. Is it? Yes. Okay, this is interesting for everybody. How are you? Yes, I am all good. Well, there's loads to talk about this week. Can we start by touching on the Alan Sugar tweet? Right, what happened with this? Tell me all. Unfortunately, I'm a bit late to the party. So I'm not entirely sure when it was, but a lot of the newspaper articles around this broke in the last couple of days. So it must have been then. And this is in Mm. reference to the EastEnders storyline that's currently happening around HIV. So he tweeted, so Zach might be HIV positive. If he is, then the baby growing inside Tiffany could also be HIV. If Zach gets tested and he is positive, he will have to tell Tiffany She will have to decide if to terminate the pregnancy. And then he's added BBC EastEnders. And quite rightly, everyone was like, what on earth are you using your platform to tweet this for? Why are you doing this? This misinformation. Yeah, I'm really puzzled as to why he did that. I mean, THT had tweeted about it saying, you know, this is real HIV misinformation. And it Mm. is. So he's assuming then that if you're pregnant and your child might be HIV positive, you've got to get rid of it. Is that That's what he's essentially it saying, isn't he? Put a story up today, actually, and I have added him, just encouraging him to listen to the HIV podcast because mm. here is somebody who clearly needs a bit more HIV education. There is much work to be done, isn't there? Oh, isn't there? Well, on another negative note, I'm just going to keep oh. I'm just going to ruin all your days, everyone. So you're welcome. Obviously, uh, last episode, which was fantastic, about Gareth Thomas and blackmail went out. And I had someone reply that said, what a what a joy Twitter is at the moment. 
to say if he was, in capital letters, being blackmailed, why didn't he go to the police? Doubt this is true. The guy's a born liar. Wow. So I had replied and just said, Gareth's legal team got an injunction, but he ultimately felt he had to share his status on Twitter. This is a true story. So I thought, I'm not I'm not looking to get into some sort of argument. Just letting you know, in case that was a true question of him saying, I'm not sure if this is true or not, however someone wants to word it, let's respond. The point, and we did say this actually, I think, in the episode, bonkers as it may sound, the papers aren't breaking the law by publishing something about someone that they believe to be true. There are like libel laws, aren't there? And, you know, yes. papers are, are very accomplished at covering themselves in this kind of thing. But it's not going to stop them, you going to a police station and, and reporting it. Oh, I, I feel bad. This person's missed the whole point of it, haven't they? Just go and have a little listen to the episode and then you'll know where you're at in terms of maybe especially the first blackmail episode, where you're at in terms of harassment and where you stand with the law. It's so weird, isn't it? And I think, you know, with um, the Charlie Sheen episode that we did, I mean, there are two sides to every story, but the bottom line is it is not okay to try and out someone about their HIV diagnosis publicly without their consent. That is that person's choice. And I don't believe anybody has the right to take that choice away from them, whether you're very, very famous or not. We can all say, yes, with either case, you know, there will be elements that people might think, oh, I don't know if that's true or that's it. We're using trusted sources for all of this. And I think if you get caught up in the intricacies of, of who said what and who did what, then you're missing the point. And I will say it again, and I'll keep saying it forever. It is not okay for anyone to disclose anyone's status. It's that person's choice. If you're HIV positive, it's your choice to tell people, not anybody else. I absolutely agree. It was just a real shame to see that. But we did get some some nice comments as well. Hooray. It's not all doom and gloom over here, Sarah. I'm not just making the day terrible. So we did get some nice comments as well. And one was from UK Positive Lad, who we've actually featured in a podcast, haven't we? Tom Hayes. Oh, now he is uh, the voice of reason. He's a sensible person. He is lovely. And he commented to say, and this was about our first episode around the Equalities Act and, and you know, where we really gave people, I love how I say we, I did not do the research or tell people, you definitely did it, where you had let people know about the Equalities Act. And he said, love this. Thank you for raising attention on this topic. I bang on about the EA, meaning Equalities Act, every day. Thank you also for being an absolute advocate about the Equalities Act, especially in terms of HIV. Um, it's so important. It is. And we need to do more work on this in the future. And I think we need probably need to do some episodes. In, well, we are going to do some episodes in the future because I think I think it always helps just to go over, you know, your rights as a, as a positive person and what's acceptable and what's not, because I think that's always a grey area, isn't it? Yes. And I think it's something we get asked about a lot. So I think it's actually very helpful for us as well. So, yeah, so that's all my news. So th- there's some nice bits that people are commenting on, as well as, you know, some horrible bits. And people might wonder why we can't, why, why I read those out. But I think it's important to address even the negative comments. Oh, I think you've got to keep it real, haven't you? And I think that is the life of an HIV podcaster. For every nice comment you get and every positive feedback you get, you've got someone going, uh, no, I don't think this is true. Or, oh, God, HIV, gross. And that's just how it is, isn't it? Actually, they're proving our point that this podcast is really needed. Well, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you, people who send negative comments. It's all useful. All good feedback. I just like that people argue when they haven't even listened to the podcast, clearly. 
And it's like, go and listen to the episode rather than just fire out comments, you know, before you know the whole story. That's the exact point of this. But anyway, so there we go. What a what a few days it's been in terms of Twitter. Hasn't it just? Hey, we won't be able to tell if Lord Sugar listens to our podcast, will we? No, well, unless he tweets about it, maybe he will. Um, today we're doing a, about a family, aren't we? That's what I remember from last week. Well, well, kind of. So we are featuring someone in America. So we've featured famous people that have been blackmailed because of their fame. Gareth Thomas, Charlie Sheen. But what about if you're not so famous? Are those people at risk of blackmail too? Yes, they are. So we're featuring someone who wrote an article for Pos.com in 2015 about his experience of being blackmailed. His name is Jamie Brickhouse. He's American, does a lot of work around raising awareness, HIV, suicide, alcohol addiction, rehab, all, all of those kind of things. And he, I mean, he's got amazing dress sense. If you look him up on TikTok. Is he on TikTok? He is on TikTok, yes. As are um, we, everyone. As are we, remember. Little plug there. But he's done lots of stories recently about what happened around his HIV. And he, oh, I think he's amazing. He's got fab, absolutely beautiful stiletto shoes. He looks amazing. Well, I can't wait to dig into this. I didn't realise. I thought this was going to be, like you're saying, another famous case. But exactly, why wouldn't we feature people that aren't necessarily as famous what happens in your day-to-day life if this happens to you right let's go okay begin right (laughs) so (laughs) so jamie experienced emotional blackmail it happened in 2012 he's been positive for 10 years but very few people knew about his diagnosis his partner few close friends he didn't feel the need for anyone else to know because he was healthy. He was undetectable. So no need to disclose to kind of close family, you know, like parents or his professional colleagues. And I get that, actually. I think that's quite a common choice for a lot of people. If you're not unwell, why burden your mum and dad or your siblings with this news? Maybe burden's probably the wrong word. I don't think it would be a burden. No one would see it as that. But I think a lot of positive people feel that it might be. Like we were saying in the Gareth Thomas episode, if your parents are from a different generation, they don't really realise the advances in medication and that you can live absolutely normal life expectancy. And, you know, they don't know about you equals you. God, imagine how much education you'd have to do. Yes, definitely. And I think because people's um, only source of education was those adverts in the 80s, um, even if you're kind of saying to them actually that isn't the case anymore I think it takes more than one person to change those kind of attitudes definitely do we know if they had any adverts that were sort of the equivalent to our don't die of ignorance campaign oh I don't know actually I mean they must have done because that would be really interesting to know how how it was handled in America as well yeah yeah definitely okay so as we've just been saying And again, use our service users as a reference point here. When they've been diagnosed, we always talk to them. I think the the urges when you're newly diagnosed, not for everybody, but for some people, is that you need to tell everybody because that's what you do. You know, I've got this health condition and everybody needs to know. Um, And I think Jamie's stance on his diagnosis back then is a good reminder, perhaps, for people. Think about who needs to know. And who you want to know. That's kind of your criteria, isn't it, for disclosure? There are some people that might need to know, 
you know, somebody you've done protected sex with, for example, they need to know, they need to go and get tested. And there will be some people you want to know, your very close support network. But everybody else, they can wait for another day. That's a really good way of putting that. But you find, don't you, when we have uh, newly referred or newly diagnosed service users referred to us, that they'll be like, I need to let everybody know instantly. And it's like, no, 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 take a step back. In fact, I think that's probably the best advice that we give out when someone's first referred to us is let's take a step back from this yes just wait you know, you've got us yep mm. absolutely of course though when you're still perhaps processing your diagnosis maybe you are they're going yeah everything's fine and I'm great so I'm just going to tell everyone but like you're saying just you can't untell people once they know that information so mm. just wait on it maybe you'll still feel the same way and that's great but maybe you won't and you go oh god yeah why do my work have to know or you know, why just bog exactly. down the street? There's no need for that. No, no. And later on in the year, we will be doing some episodes, one definite episode, definitely, maybe two around disclosure, because I think it's a big topic and we can kind of look at all of this in more in more detail and perhaps use some of our service users experience of when they've disclosed or why they've chosen not to disclose. All of that is coming up in the future. We are. I'm so impressed with us, Sarah. 2023, organised. <laughs> At the moment. I mean, it's only been a couple of weeks, isn't it? I <laughs> don't look at me. Us on the back. This is, we're recording our third episode of the entire year. And I'm like, oh, well done us. Aren't we doing such a good job? Okay, back to um, lovely Jamie. So he was particularly keen to protect his parents. They knew he was gay, but he didn't want them to feel any shame. And he felt that it was inevitable, given the attitudes towards HIV at the time. So that's why he's chosen not to tell them. Here in 2012, he fell out with a family member who did know his status. That person retaliated by leaving this voicemail on his phone. I don't have the actual recording. I realise I just made it sound like I did. I'm just going to read out what they said. Oh, I, I, yeah, you made it sound exactly like you're about to play it for us. So, okay. No. So the person says, I may not have told your mum about your HIV condition. Brackets, she'd passed away by this point. He didn't say that. Now I'll start again because it sounds like I'm making it more complicated than it is. No, no, I, I'm with you. The caveat is that Jamie's mum has passed away so this person wouldn't have been able to tell the mum. Is that correct? That's right. You, you can begin again. Okay, so he says, I may not have told your mum about your HIV condition, but I'm sure I'm going to tell your dad. How do you think he's going to react to that? I'm soon, I'm sure you'll know soon enough after I tell him. That was it. That was the message. It was on a voicemail. Well, that's sinister, isn't it? It is. And as Jamie said, you know, it was almost like kind of white hot anger that was fueling those words. Um, and, you know, this person wants to create shame, fear, intimidation basically it's emotional blackmail isn't it you're trying to make somebody feel awful about their status and going well I could tell your dad now it's not acceptable Jess I think that's horrendous so Jamie's reaction quite naturally is to have a bit of a meltdown I would have done too and also panic but there's a sense of well, what do I do because what do you do in that situation I don't think it's one hopefully that most of us have come across on a regular basis but Jamie's thinking do I phone that person back do I beg for mercy is that what they want I mean if you think of Charlie Sheen or Gareth Thomas the blackmail is quite black and white if you don't tell the world you're positive we're going to print it in the press or we'll tell your family that's so true there's a clear cut it, this is for the world's press it's for the media and therefore actually everyone's making money off of their diagnosis aren't they in their status but 
you're right. In terms of this, what's the end goal? What's the aim? Exactly. This is blackmail that gives no option for him to disclose. They're basically saying, you've really annoyed me. So I'm going to tell your dad that you're positive. And poor Jamie, there's nothing he can physically do about that. Basically, you've upset me. So now I'm going to upset you. And there's nothing you can do. It's awful, isn't it? It's still kind of blackmail because they're saying that, you know, I'm going to tell somebody about your HIV status. But it's not saying I want money or I want to live in your house rent free or anything like that in return. No, very difficult situation to be in. Yeah, they just want to be extremely hurtful and take something away from you because they're taking that choice of whether to tell your parent or not. That's being removed from you. Yeah. And I don't know what caused this person to be so angry. I don't really want to know, to be honest. It's kind of none of our business. But imagine having the impetus to go, I've got this hold over you that you didn't actually know I had, and I'm going to use it to my advantage to hurt you. I'm not going to give you an option or a get out clause. You know, this is just what I'm going to do. When you suddenly realise that that person has deemed that as like a, a power thing, like you're saying, that they hold over that other person, suddenly I suppose you'd start viewing that relationship when you were getting on in quite a different way. Absolutely. So, you know, in the first episode, when we talked about if someone in your personal life discloses your status without your consent, there isn't a lot you can do. This, this highlights that perfectly. So we're going to look at how Jamie handled this. So very quickly, and I think I would have done the same, he becomes angry. And that anger fuels his decision to call his dad himself. So he says out loud to himself, I'm not going to be blackmailed. I won't be mailed be made to feel ashamed for being positive. And that gives him some perspective because he's absolutely right. Of course, he shouldn't be made to feel ashamed. And then he's like, well, so what if my dad knows? One thing he was certain about is that the only person that was going to tell his dad was him. And so then he's taken control of the situation. Yes, he's being forced into disclosing to his dad. That's not ideal. But he's seizing back that control by not allowing this person, whoever it was, to do it for him. Yes, he's not letting it hang over him, is he? And worrying. I would imagine this person wants to, well, he wants to make, or they want to make this them on Jamie uncomfortable, don't they? They want to make Jamie's life more difficult for him to be stressed and worried. And so, like you're saying, Jamie's just like, no, you're not having that. No, absolutely not. I know. And I think perhaps the person misjudged Jamie's character. I think it takes a very strong person to do this. Um, and I know this approach would not be for everybody. But they've obviously misjudged how he was going to deal with it. So good for Jamie. He does. He calls his dad immediately and he blurts out everything about him being positive for 10 years. There's no need to worry. He's on meds. He's healthy. And he didn't mention any of his concerns or feelings around fear and shame. So it sounds like quite a matter of fact phone call, which again, great way to deal with it you know you're you're calm you've got the facts and you're just imparting them to someone else they're going to be calm and they're going to listen to the facts without any feelings kind of getting in the way and his dad well how did his dad react so once he understood that Jamie's health was good it's fine he's relieved relieved that his son is okay and they didn't really talk about it again because they had no need to but one day during one of their phone calls Jamie's dad mentions that he's going to a gala fundraiser that's held in the town every year. That charity event was for the local AIDS help organisation. And that gesture spoke volumes 
to Jamie, louder than a thousand words. How lovely was his dad? Yeah, amazing. Absolutely amazing. That's, I mean, that's what you hope for, isn't it? That someone reacts in that way and can be that supportive. But what a lovely way to do it. No fuss, no ringing every five minutes to see how you are, just letting it lie and then just dropping into the conversation one day. Oh, I'm, I'm just popping over to this fundraiser. You know, it's something that's important to me. And obviously it's something that's important to Jamie. That gesture is immense. Obviously wouldn't have happened if Jamie hadn't have disclosed. No, it wouldn't have done. I mean, his dad's passed away since this all happened. But Jamie's glad that, you know, his dad knew his status. And Jamie, I think your dad sounds awesome. Yeah, he sounds pretty wonderful, doesn't he? Now, something else happened because of the blackmail situation. So Jamie says in the article, he says, my would-be blackmailer did me a favour. After I told my father, I told more friends. And then I included it in a memoir. So now my HIV status is literally an open book. He says, I know many people today who are in the same place as I was in 2012, kind of out to select friends and family, but still afraid of a full revelation. And then he says, unlike Charlie Sheen, I didn't cave into blackmail, but like him, it was blackmail that forced me to finally be open. And to do all these amazing things and and, and be such an advocate. I love a story like this where there's a good ending. He goes on to say each person, each person who comes out about being HIV positive and what that means today removes a layer of the fear, shame, stigma and the gasp of HIV. HIV status should merely be disclosure, not exposure. That is a great line. Why didn't we think of that as the tagline for our mini-series? I'm going to quote that because that is brilliant. It's such a brilliant claim, isn't it? Then he goes on to say, when it comes to HIV, I'm happy to say I'm blackmail proof. Can't be blackmailed anymore because he's very, very open about his his status. No one can have that hold over him. I'm with you. I thought he meant he was proof that people got blackmailed. I got confused there. No. No, 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 no. So he's saying, you know, everybody knows my status now and and it's all fine. And so nobody can hold this over me. No one can exert control over me. You know, he's confident. He's open and just living life, loving life. Yeah. I wonder how the family member feels about that. Realised that Jamie had taken back that control and was going to be like, actually, no, I'm not going to have this. You know, you'd be like, uh, oh, so you've trashed your relationship. I'm imagining that would trash the relationship, right? Because I wouldn't want to speak to someone after that. And then also you've massively empowered. It's like the biggest backfire ever of that situation yeah. for that person, isn't it? Absolutely. And can you imagine that person seeing now that Jamie um, has obviously written about this and, and had his work published? All of this, um, I mean, Jamie's an author, so he's written a book called Dangerous When Wet, a memoir of booze, sex and my mother. Guessing, because I haven't read the book that is HIV state included in there. But it's it's like the catalyst, wasn't it, for him to almost change his life so I hope whoever did this to him (laughs) has taken note and perhaps thought that blackmailing anybody isn't isn't a good move is it but it is nice to hear that someone took that and could be so empowered and went on to do so much good and now we're we're learning about them because they've written this article where did you say the article was I know we'll put the link below uh post.com it's amazing it really is so there you go. That's everything you need to know about Jamie Brickhouse and how he was blackmailed about his HIV status. Where are we doing after this? Because we've done in our first blackmail, I, I realised I kept calling it bribery. This is not bribery. It's not the same thing. In our first no. episode, 
obviously we kind of looked at exactly what constitutes blackmail and what you can do then we went gareth thomas now we've got gone to someone who still has a platform amazing hiv advocate but not quite as famous as gareth so where are we heading next week we are coming back to the UK and we're in the 90s. You'll like next week's episode. You like this person we're featuring. So I must like them a lot enough to talk about if you know this. Yeah, but you haven't mentioned it for a long time. Maybe I'm getting you confused with someone else. Somebody in our office likes them. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Slightly different next week. Don't want to give too much away, but um, it's another, it's a different angle on blackmail. One that I actually found really shocking. So I'll be angry all the way through next week's episode. Yay! No, I don't want you to be angry. Well, just, oh, honestly, some people. Okay, sh- should I brace myself then? Should I be prepared? I'd rather be prepared if I know it's going to be an anger-inducing episode. Yes, I will have my bag of giant chocolate buttons. That gets me through all emergency crises. Well, it's not an emergency, is it? It's barely a crisis. I'll have the jar of pickled onions. Oh, my God. Is that what you use when you're watching something scary now? A jar of pickled onions. Yeah. Do you know, honestly, for my, for my 21st birthday, my dad got me a little a claw that's for pickled onions to, for getting them out of the jar. That's how much I love pickled onions. I genuinely don't have anything to say to that. No. I mean, why, why would you, Sarah? We're supposed to be on a podcast talking about HIV and here we are again talking about chocolate buttons and pickled onions. <laughs> I mean, you know, where are we at? No, I don't know what's happening. We say we're doing really well, but it's it's just car crash, same as normal. That was perfect. I'm very excited for next week. What do we have after our blackmail series? Or can you not disclose that? Because obviously we've got two more episodes after this one, haven't we? We have. And then we are looking at kind of the narrative around HIV, attitudes to HIV. And then we are going to look at condoms, especially the history of condoms. I'm pushing historian hard this year. The history of condoms, mainly because you just think, who on earth developed this as a concept? So we'll look at the history, but we're also going to look at what's planned for the future because they're always developing new kind of ideas around condoms. So we'll be looking at that as well. Um, one of those will be within National HIV Testing Week, and the one will be the week after. Oh, that's good timing, isn't it? That wasn't even planned. So if Sean's listening to this episode, it, it's all planned. Sean, 2023 is our year. Don't worry, we're on it. Planning things, being less rubbish generally, fingers crossed. (laughs) Thanks for listening to the HIV podcast. If you enjoyed our podcast, please like, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can now also follow us on Instagram and TikTok at the HIV podcast for behind the scenes insights and videos. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.